dating funny. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Onletica and Tribal Impact's social advocacy content series. Uh, we're delighted to be joined by Adita from SAP in our third uh, interview of this series and we're on LinkedIn Live. So all very exciting and it's our first time. I know. Exciting, what? absolutely. I keep saying what could go wrong? Nothing. A lot, a lot could go wrong. <laughs> I will have children coming in in a minute. I'm just going to be like that BBC presenter. Presenter, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, we're, so we're very excited to, to hear all about uh, your um, social media presence, Edita. This is an advocacy series focused on uh, employees who are influential on social and help to uh, motivate others within their companies to be uh, good social practitioners. Um, and so, you know, please, please feel free to introduce yourself, Edita, and uh, and tell everyone you know, where they can find you online. Sure. Thank you very much, Tim and Sarah. I'm absolutely thrilled to be with you and um, honoured, uh, I would say as well. I've reached an apogeum of my career, <laughs> if I can say so, where I can be found mostly professionally on Twitter and on LinkedIn. Of course, I am as well on Facebook with my friends, on Instagram, on uh, Pinterest. And uh, I would like to also see how can I get on uh, TokTok uh, following my daughter, I Thing we say talk talk um so yeah trying to expand my my footprint but being seriously professionally linkedin and twitter are my two key uh, media media channels very quickly my background um quite uh, quite uh, dated now marketeer many years in marketing i started it doesn't show Adita. No, oh, that's good. That's secret. very, very good. <laughs> I started in FMCG actually as a consumer marketing marketeer. Then 2016, I went into technology. I joined Cisco. And since 2016, I am with SAP. And um, just as a little anecdote, I'm here joining you from Warsaw because since uh, January this year, I've taken a leadership role in Central and Eastern Europe. Um, so I've relocated um, for career promotion. That's me. Amazing. And I've known you for a while, haven't I, Adita? Because I work with you at SAP, which is lovely. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us today. And I, and <clears throat> the reason I thought you'd be quite a good person to talk to about this, because you, whenever we worked together, you just felt social was part of your job. So, yes. and I think as a marketer, quite often, sometimes we can get a little bit like, oh, we'll help other people be social. We'll manage the brand channels, but we don't like being out there. Mm -hmm. And you're a marketer that has done that, which fascinates me. Mm -hmm. um, and I always remember you telling me about your background in FMCG and how it made you think of, like a customer and stuff. So mm -hmm. can you give me, just as a quick starter, like what motivated you to get going on social in a professional way? I would say probably a number of different things, maybe two or three in particular. Um, First of all, I think it's the visibility, visibility for the brand I represent and also personal visibility for myself, for, you know, a data visibility. That's, um, I think, number, number one. Number two, I think once you get going, it actually is quite um, fascinating to get engagement from your audience. So it's almost like you really live through what you preach. And the more I experiment with my posts and the more I obviously increase my network, actually, the more 
um, response from people outside of my network I experienced. Like, I will give you an anecdotal experience. I um, uh, example. I love uh, posting about uh, startups because for me it's part of the story about the innovation. And um, a month or two months ago, I put a, a post up there about startups, and I received few emails from a CEO from these startups, which I found was, was fascinating. So you've got this personal engagement. And I would say probably a three key reason is, for me, I see this as part of my job. Mm -hmm. And if I go to my sales teams, my sales colleagues, and I tell them about the fact that digital engagement today is key, in a way how we should engage our customers and it is then i need to show them the examples i need to show them i can walk the talk um essentially i need to be a role model for that and i think that is probably the the you know the biggest motivator for me it's part of my role end of <laughs> I, 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 I think I, I think that's fantastic. You so you meet a lot of marketing and comms people that, like Sarah said, enable so many other people. And then um, when the campaigns go live or lots of content, you don't see them participating and engaging in the content. And and they're the ones that should be so so proud. But a lot of them think, well, it's not my job. And actually, I want to give the kudos to other people. Um, so some of them are quite shy and modest about it, but but equally you're showing the leadership that if you can do it, other people can do it. So I, I think that's an interesting your balance, and you've obviously taken that uh, taken that route of leading, which is fantastic. I yes, think, I think <laughs> that's an easy question. I think actually though, Tim, I think where the where it gets a bit tricky is in marketing you're not in a sales role so you probably don't get your, your subjects it's the topics isn't it and I guess mm -hmm. for example a marketer might think well you know to be honest I can't answer questions about cloud migrations and ERP and you know so where does the line go with the topics mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so how do you manage that then because Aditi you're a marketer in that space but you're not a, a pre-sales consultant that's specialist in retail no. ERP for example so where's the line? I think I have a quite easy answer uh, to it. And, and that is our customers and SAP customers actually need a business message. They are getting technology message indeed from our pre-sales where we need to go as a company and that's very clear for us also strategically is that we want to be seen as a brand um, who is um, who represent a partnership to our customers, a business partnership. And you will know that, and I know that, that any technology transformation actually starts with the business. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the other way around. So for me, when it comes to my, my key topics that I want to uh, use on social media, uh, I have my little own editor strategy, which I'm very happy to tell you about what it oh, looks like. So, uh, <laughs> so for me, it's sort of um, SAP as a brand and what I can do for SAP as an SAP employee and then editor with my own personal stories. And I think the two actually can go very nicely together. And when they fuse, actually what the audience are getting is quite nice and personal message. So let's look at SAP messaging, and I promise I'm not going to be doing any pitching here. 
It's very simple. SAP, it's a brand that sells software solutions and we want to improve business processes. For me, the key things that also interest me personally here is business transformation because I used to work for Procter & Gamble, so I know a little bit as well how it works. Business transformation, innovation, digital um, transformation, purpose. One of the beautiful narr narratives for SAP that we try to position in the market is the fact that we want our technology to improve the lives. So the purpose story is very powerful. Yeah. These are my key narratives that I will focus on and I will find different ways and we can talk about it later how do i do that to push the stories you know from me edita on behalf of my brand of, of sap but i will fuse in there as well my own personal stories around marketing which i'm passionate about around the fact that you know i love working with my sales colleagues and uh, sarah you will know that because we talk a, a, a lot about that i am a keen advocate to elevate marketing in organization especially in b2b as a business partner to sales to other functions um, i love to talk about that in, in 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 post so so here you go in terms of the topics i try to merge the two and what is quite interesting i've observed um in terms of the effectiveness of these messages they are actually more effective when they personal yeah. when you drop that strong corporate narrative and you bring a little bit of a personal angle and and that's what i'm trying to that's a little bit my approach how i try to do it yeah, I, I was going to ask on the and please feel free um if you're watching to drop uh, questions in the in the comments and we'll answer them uh, live for you but what what have been your most successful personal or or business posts um you know, I would say, I wouldn't say there was one or two. Now, what is quite interesting, I don't know whether you have the same observations or, or the audience have the same observations, but when the whole social media, or when maybe when I started to experiment a few years ago, I could reach very easily, you know, 200 likes, which for me was quite, you know, was quite, quite big or, or more. Um, I think it's harder these days. I think there is more, it's getting crowded, that space. Um, so it is the number of likes for me, it's decreasing. But what is quite interesting is also who do I see is, for me, it's important who is responding to me. Um, and this is where I have my personal uh, success stories. So um, I've, give you, I've given you the example of a startup post, um, which was then retweeted and actually reposted because it was on, on LinkedIn. Um, another day, I posted something on L'Oreal and I tagged uh, Lubomira Roche, who is a very, very well-known uh, chief um, digital officer for L'Oreal. And she liked my post. Thank you very much, Lubomira. <laughs> and uh, and it wasn't a hugely, you know, big post, but to get a like from Lubomira, I enjoyed that very much. Or um, again, a few days ago, I actually posted something from SAP, one of our Sapphire episodes, which was hosted by Mark Jeffries, who is a very well-known um, uh, host for events and keynote speaker. And he responded to me with a thank you. Thank you very much, Mark Jeffrey. So for me, it's not necessarily the volume of, of likes. It's also 
how people are responding to me, you know, the, the notes they drop me, or sometimes the feedback from my sales team as well, who will tell me, Edita, such and such customer liked your post, or uh, and I'm engaged with them on a on a on a deal. That that for me is is the measure of the success of of these things. I love that. You see, and this is what it's not a. It has moved on, hasn't it? It's not a popularity contest. It's not about. It's the little things. It's the and they can mean a lot, and they can have a lot of impact and a lot of influence. You know, and and it just edges you towards building relationships with people that you tr traditionally wouldn't be able to get anywhere near. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And I think it's a moving thing. We can see that. Uh, yeah. It's not like you can have an approach that it's static and it works and it's going to work for the end of the days. I can see I'm evolving. One of the things I, I'm trying to challenge myself, I haven't yet used a lot of uh, videos. You guys are doing videos, uh, Sarah <laughs> and team, because you post a lot. And I keep saying to myself, come on, Edita, go and do this. So that will be my next personal challenge to myself, a uh, series of uh, mini videos. But how do, so this is this comes to the point because a lot of people will be saying you are a busy lady, right? You've got a job, you've got a team, you've got you've just moved countries. I mean, you've got a family. How do you juggle yes. all of this? Because people watching will be like, well, I how how do you have time? Because that's the biggest thing people say, I just don't have yeah. time for this. Yeah, and it's true. And you know what? I think, we again, Sarah, we talked about it. If you let yourself into this, this thing can probably eat you alive. It's very, very <laughs> addictive. Like we know that. It is, uh, It's yeah. very addictive. And you do have to have a way to, to control it. Um, there is, I think there is a little bit of planning. I do plan. Now, I, I do work a lot, uh, but I do plan as well. So um, I will try when I can to plan a little bit what I post for the week. Mm -hmm. I do like searching, um, you know, one of the things, again, Sarah, you will know because we spoke about this. I follow a lot of influencers, a lot of brands, so they can inspire me. And if I pick up something interesting on Twitter, you know, on, on LinkedIn, I do actually try to read what I then post. Yes. So I will store it, I will bookmark it, I will send it to myself, you know, select few things that I think are interesting and and, and try to plan it, essentially. Um, I try to also post in the morning. So my personal observation is that the post in the morning are more effective. So I do get more likes and I do get better engagement than if I post in the evening. I don't know if that's yeah. the same for everybody. It can works I, can for I just me. Ask you, Adita, mm -hmm. Is that morning US time? Is it morning UK time? Because a, a lot of a lot of research has suggested that maybe two or three PM uh, in UK time you know, is the best time to post because it hits the US first thing in the morning. What, what but your but you're presumably thinking morning European time. Morning European time. And this is actually a very good question, team, because I see the difference as well between Twitter and um, LinkedIn. So I think Twitter is a lot more international audience. And actually here you're right. If I tweet in the evening, I literally will see response um, in the evening. Um, you know, if I tweet at midnight and it's sadly it did happen, uh, <laughs> I will see response in an hour. That's Twitter. I think, yeah, I think LinkedIn... that's when you got eaten alive by your own social <laughs> yeah, feed. Yeah, yeah, three um, hours in social. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, yes, yes. LinkedIn, then it's more, it's more, it's, it's your network, right? It's more European because mm. it's, 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 uh, I think it's kind of geographically more linked to you. So on LinkedIn, I, I post more in the, in the morning because I see better, better response. Do you use tools for that then to help you out, Dita? Do you use things like Buffer or Hootsuite or how do you, do you use scheduling tools, advocacy tools? What's your... I do. I do. I do a little bit of both. Um, ah. <laughs> so the SAP, a great company as, as we are, um, there is a huge in, um, enablement uh, uh, program in, in SAP. Um, Sarah, you know that uh, as yeah. well. Uh, there are trainings, there are tools, there are processes to enable you to do it. And we do use a scheduling platforms. I will use them. Now, what we need to bear in mind, it comes back as well to the quality of what you're posting. This publishing tools that companies have mostly focus on our own content. So they will be content on, on SAP. I do my best to be neutral um, and bring my own uh, perspective. So I will also post directly from, uh, you know, from, you know, if I find uh, uh, an article directly to achieve that balance of perspective, you know, purely SAP led versus my, my own perspective. So I mix, I essentially do uh, mixing. And we have a question from the oh. audience. So oh. from Keith Lewis uh, from mm -hmm. hello, Keith. Insurance. So hello, oh, Keith. Hello, Keith. You're right. Uh, well, we can't talk back, can he? I, mean, <laughs> I need um, to remember this. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so when you're talking about uh, internally, Adita, what metrics do you use? Um, you mentioned a like comment from these key people is better than volume of likes. So how do you measure that across SAP? So of course, across SAP, we have um, we have corporate uh, corporate measures. So these are I think here we have to distinguish between um, employee um, advocacy, right? What I measure through my own uh, little um, uh, LinkedIn, and of course, what the the, you know, there, of course, you will see, uh, the, you know, the number of likes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. As a brand, I think we measure what other brands are measure, and we have as well tools um, for for that. So, of course, the, the the reach, the viewability, the likes, and and then it kind of goes through the entire, you know, through the entire funnel. Um, I think we do look as well into the quality of the content. So we will, uh, you know, depending on video are very uh, we know they are very strong performance so we will look at the viewability rates of the videos as well whether somebody has just started or uh, or finished so um, I think we have to distinguish here between what we measure how we measure as a, as a company which is a is a very robust uh, set of KPIs I think very standard across the different organizations and then what I see myself as a editor uh, Malasha Malatrat measures, uh, you know, what I measure. That's that's what I would say. Brilliant. I've got to ask now, Adita, sure. about your team, okay? Because I know mm -hmm. in the UK and how do you inspire others to do the same thing? Because it can be an uphill struggle. We might have people mm -hmm. here who have teams and it's like, how do I inspire other people to do this? I know it works and, you know, 
But people who expect I do this and then get that, there's there very often is not the direct correlation. So how do you help people understand that this is a process? It happens over time. How, how, how it works. Yeah. I think luckily in SAP, because there was such a strong ethic and culture around mm -hmm. social media, Honestly speaking, it's not a hard, it's not a hard oh. job. Um, and you have to just think about our entire SAP board are on social media. So the role, what I'm trying to say, the role models are already there for yeah. people to, to see that. The SAP board is on, on that. Our yeah. CMO, Alicia, is very, very, very active. She's got a huge uh, group of followers on, on, on Twitter um, and on LinkedIn. Um, you know, my boss, Kirsten, as well, who is based in, 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 uh, in Germany and myself. So I think the team, my team here in uh, in CEE, actually across many countries, 17 countries in Central and Eastern Europe, um, oh. and you know, previously in UK, the role models are already there. Then of course, there are things like training. Um, the one thing we've observed, and Sarah, we talked about it when we were deploying the, the, the training in UK, you have to be doing it all the time, um, and I think again, it's what we what we what we're trying right now. We're working, for example, in CEE with another team, commercial team, and we try to um, relaunch a series of training. This time to target more, for example, partner community or, or sales. To it's it's an ongoing it's an ongoing work. I just think if the role models are there, then it's almost like employees don't have other choice than follow because that's yeah. the that's the example set by by the company yeah, yeah. go on tim well I, I just had a I, I think that's fantastic it shows how much leadership just drives the cultural it does, uh, yeah. change that um and the evolution that a lot of companies need to go through um I've got one question, which I thought when we interviewed Rob McCargo at PwC was 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 really fascinating. It's how internally there's a lot of support on social yes. to get people going on social. So what I mean by that is if you see um, you know, execs like getting you know, lots and lots of engagement and then you post something that you're very proud of and it gets no likes or comments and no traction, then if you've done that five or six times, a lot of people are going to lose faith in the process. So mm -hmm. we know that it's important to beat the algorithms on LinkedIn and Twitter. And if you get engagement in the first hour, then you can start having content which is seen by other people's networks. So is there a support structure within SAP with people in your team where you kind of you know, like and comment and share what they do to to really start growing their appetite and their motivations? For, for that. Um, it's a, actually, it's a very interesting question, Tim. I haven't thought about it, and but I will give you my best answer. I think it's almost like unspoken support system. So it's it's not like we have, you know, agreed this as a company. Guys, if we post, we're going to support each other. We just simply do. And I will give you a couple of examples. When I joined this Central Eastern Europe team, um, I have some really, really amazing sales colleagues in quite senior positions who are just brilliant, brilliant advocates. The level of creativity, they beat me as a marketing, right? And I am marketing and I should be creative. <laughs> How they post and what they post just blows my mind. The little videos, the little tricks. 
it's it's almost impossible not to engage with that and what i can see here is that it's a culture of supporting each other but i think it's also an understanding it's not enough to like each other's post. It's you stay within your network. It's how do you get out and secure, com, you know, likes from uh, from our customers, from the partners, from our sort of ecosystem. I think that's what um, what's happen what's happening, mm-hmm. and I think it's absolutely happening. But it's not like we had a you know an internal agreement for it that that's what needs to needs to needs to it it just simply does um and i think also we know we tend to if i if i see a great um i don't know uh, an article um sometimes you will laugh it's it's i know i will get a better response putting it on linkedin tagging someone from say sales or my team than sending an email uh, to you know in the inbox uh, they will they will consume it quicker on LinkedIn than than on email. So there was also, you know, that kind of uh, approach, almost like sharing. Have a look. This is interesting. Go and check it out. Uh, it may be good for your for your job. Well, I think that I've got a couple of points on that. So Timo, for example, Timo Elliott did an amazing oh, video on him. Instagram. Did you see it in front of the Eiffel Tower? And he used the green lawn as his massive green screen. Yeah, I, I think mean, that might be one of the things you're talking about, Adita. Yeah, the guy is. <laughs> amazing yeah and also though um about the likes from the ecosystem something you said about marketing and this is where i think marketers really need to get close to the customer they really need to it's not enough just to create content because that's what we do and that's what we have to do and you've got to get in the mindset of the customer to really truly understand their issues so you can be part of the story and stop being so away from the story so you know it's just couple of observations and you know what i do here is that in uk it was quite easy uh, because it's it's one country it's a little bit more difficult here i still get to know our key brands but for example in uk i would follow big brands i would follow our you know big brands a, they didn't have to be our customers, you know, PNG because I used to work for them and they are a big consumer company. And for example, what they do with technology is just amazing. Same L'Oreal. If you look what they are doing around the business processes, the supply chain, it's mind blowing. It just happens. We sell the same thing. So for me, it's an inspiration around how they talk about it, inspiration for my sales colleagues that I can look, look what L'Oreal is doing with supply chain. I mean, that's just bloody amazing. Um, so, so okay to following... swear on LinkedIn. Yeah, I don't think there's a filter, um, is there? I think it's past, uh, past uh, Watershed. Uh, 3, 3.30 <laughs> okay. UK time. So um, kids are still in school, it's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, and, and so following customers as brands is doing exactly, exactly that. And I'm starting as well to do that in um, in Central Eastern Europe. And I get already oh. some some responses, you know, customer, re- big retailer in, in Poland or a big company in, in Czech Republic, they do engage. Love it. I've got a question for you, actually, that's come through LinkedIn. So this is quite cool, isn't it? That we can talk to the audience. Well, actually, there's a couple of things. I'm going to ask Justina's question first, because she said about languages. Have Mm -hmm. you noticed a change now you've got 17 countries under you about the posting on social? Is it better in language? Do you still use English? 
What's the... I do use English. I okay. do use English. Now, of course, I will also post a little bit in Polish. I can, uh, but I do. I stick with English because that is my uh, that is my main language. Also, I think about my network. My network yeah. is uh, is English speaking mostly, um, and also even in Central and Eastern Europe. Even if I look internally at our teams, our main communication language is English. So English is my is my core is my core language. But again, the great thing is with LinkedIn, you can translate it. So for example, my team is posting a lot from in their own languages, which is great. And I will engage with the post because I will, you know, use translation, see what they talk about. And it's funny because for example, the post could be in in their own language and I will make a comment in English and it works. Yeah, brilliant. But also, oh, Edita, because you, you've got on your profile trilingual education uh, as well as <laughs> uh, as well as uh, triathlete so uh, yes you know, so, so you you could respond in in multiple multiple languages of i course. could i could <laughs> respond in english french polish and a little bit in russian oh wow yeah. adita i'm well impressed <laughs> Here i have go. got i've got something that i know keith will be interested in if he's still on yeah. actually which is the whole the internal social network mm -hmm. and how you recognize internal activity and people that become confident internally then start going externally because we've got quite mm -hmm. we i don't work there anymore but ssp's got a very strong internal social culture isn't it with jam yes. and yes. yeah so that's i think that helps i think doesn't it with with the building the confidence up as an employee and then maybe moving them to try externally so Absolutely. And listen, I think there are the, the, the good thing is here is that there is no judgment. There is no um, there is no I don't know. Oh, you you know, you haven't posted this week. You know what we're going to do about that. There is there is no there is no that um, it's 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 it, you do whatever you feel comfortable uh, to, to do. For sure. And I and I do say that quite openly with my to, to my team we cannot not be present on social media if this is what we are preaching so i think at there is there has to be almost like a minimal presence if yeah. you don't have your your you know your picture or your profile let's let's see how we can build it so at least there is a, a visual presence of uh, you know of you and and there are people who are more confident and there are people who are less confident but there is no judgment on it and i think that is important yeah i love that what about, um, sorry, Tim, I feel like I'm taking over. Did you want to ask That's a question? That's fine. Well, I, I was going to read out the questions um, okay. on the chat. That, um, it said, during the lockdown, did you, did you notice people engaging or posting at other times that were not usual? I mean, how, how have you seen, you know, during the pandemic, have, have you seen colleagues or your own behaviours completely change? Have you been posting a lot? I mean, quite a lot of our viewers are interested in, in uh how often they should post on LinkedIn and yeah. Twitter and what their routines are. Because some people mm -hmm. do it 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at lunch, 15 minutes after work. Um, you know, I, I, the really interesting thing that you've said is make sure it doesn't eat you alive. But you've, all, you, but you've got this always on mindset. It, it's part of your DNA, whereas there's lots of people starting out. So mm -hmm. be interested to know what the, kind of routine the, the you build in so that it doesn't take over your life. Um, you know, I think maybe the key thing is 
think about a schedule for you that is sustainable. I can see it myself when I'm really, really busy and, and boy, I can be, I, I, my, my frequency of posting will go down, right? It will, because there will be bigger priorities that I need to deal with and, and fix, etc., cetera, et cetera. Um, And then I will try to pick it up the week after, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Or, you, you know, I will pay some evenings, I will stay and, and, and plan, et cetera, et cetera. But fundamentally, like with actually a lot of other things in life, um, this thing, it's not a sprint. So bear that in mind. You don't want to go completely crazy one week, second week, third week, and then disappear for a month um, because you have to be sustainable. And I think you have to have an approach that is sustainable for you that you can carry on through a Absolutely. longer period of time. For me, the, the social media, it's a longevity game. And we can see that in um, SSI scores, right? You, you go in off for one week and it goes down, boy. So you have to, you have to be on it. So I would say, you know, I mean, this works for me. I yeah. probably don't go overtly crazy you know i and again frequency as well has changed i've noticed i think linkedin now you can post a little bit more i used to post maybe three or four times a week i do it now more often and i think there is there is a lot more there is a lot more noise so again i think it's finding your own you know your own balance Mm. But it's sustainability. It's how you can sustain it longer term. That would be my probably key tip. Uh, and yeah. that's what I'm adhering to. Yeah, I think that's good advice, actually. It's consistency, isn't it? Yes. Picking something up that, you know, going all out and then not keeping it up is, yeah. is worse, actually. It's yeah. worse for your audience. It's worse for your brand. It's, you know, it's not it's not a great, great measure. So I think there's going to be a lot of people that maybe. um will be worried about saying something wrong on social media right mm -hmm. they'll be scared and they'll be stopping mm -hmm. from starting so what what's your view on that what would be you know how do you manage that do you think that do you think it through every time you put a post together it's like, oh, oh, something yeah or what's your advice i think i think this is you know but i can see this as a, as a this could be something quite quite challenging and again i think it's a balance it's a balance of um, being a little bit brave and putting yourself up there and minimizing the risks. And I think the minimizing the risks will come from you have to prepare. You have to uh, do a little bit of background work. And remember, I talked at the beginning about my narratives that I'm trying to, to, to pursue. So I think you do need to do a little bit of, of that work of what are the key things I love, I want to boast about. If I represent a company, what are the things that are important for my company? Because that's what it is. You are a brand for your brand. Yeah. So, so what are the things that are important for your company? And I think if you prepare, then you minimize the, you minimize the, you know, the, the risks. And again, there are trainings that help you to be measured. Uh, LinkedIn is a very professional environment. Mm. Um, I, 
it's it's normal you go you don't go to work and you you don't swell you you know what i mean so yeah. i think there are the logic you would use to behave even though you just in, did swear on linkedin i know just a little just a little bit i think i think it's not going to affect your career i think this I is hope good so. for your personal branding <laughs> thank you i feel reassured yeah. i feel yeah. reassured so i think the same rules you know, that you use in the office, how professional you are, how you communicate on the phone uh, yeah. or where you send an email. I think these are similar rules for the presence yeah. in, in social media world. Be professional. Yeah, it's no yeah, different, is great. it? It's no uh, different. I, I've got a question about your audience breakdown. We asked this to all of our interviewees. Sure. So it's, it's obviously difficult to know exactly who represents your audience, but do, do you have an idea? Because uh, what I love about um, about what you're saying is about the quality, not the quantity. And you've got yes. you know, you've got an, a direct first degree network of two thousand people in your audience on LinkedIn yep. and Twitter. Yep. Obviously, that's just first degree network, so you can reach yep. millions of people through that first yep. degree network. Do you have an idea of who that's made up of? I, roughly speaking, I do. So, you know, a lot of people in my network are people I used to work with. So the Procter & Gamble I've mentioned, I have quite a few people in my network who I used to work with from Procter & Gamble. And the amazing thing is that these amazing people have gone and now they work in other brands. Um, you know, there was a lady I used to work with on a head and shoulders brand at the time, and she's now a marketing director in Vodafone, um, wow. uh, you know, our former marketing director in Procter & Gamble, I know she's now an independent speaker, um, uh, you know, uh, writing writing, and cons sort of consulting on, on books. So I have a Procter & Gamble community and, they, and they've gone up there to, to other brands. Some of them are less active, some of them are more active. I have few people from, from L'Oreal, from the friendship point of point of view and actually some of these people are quite active so i feel very proud if i've got some likes from from l'oreal um i worked for cisco so i have a, a big community of people from from cisco i worked with um you know with people uh, both cisco and sap uh, we work with lots of partners so i have connections with accenture with intel with intelligence you know lots of lots so um what I will say as well here is that I do go for quality and I do receive a lot of invitation from people, you know, who I really have no idea who they who they are. And I do tend to look at the connections. Sarah, it was the tip you gave us, um, uh, uh, you know, some time ago. Uh, we look at the connections, right? Of course, if it's somebody who has worked uh, in the company I worked with, I tend to uh, be okay. But if I don't know that individual at all, you know, a little bit like Facebook, I am a little bit... Yeah. Yeah. I do think, you let them in? Mm. Do I let them in? And, yes. you know, this is what can, I do. Can I just ask a question? Because yeah. I find that really sure. fascinating. Because Yeah. So, first of all, if you're in business processing for telecoms and cosmetics, then it sounds like Edita <laughs> is, is your woman. Um, so, so please uh, please add her on LinkedIn. Um <laughs> Thank you, Tim. <laughs> There's, but, but yours, yours has been built organically. There's yes. a lot of talk about um, when people start, they they might be strategic. Like I want to target this particular role, and then mm. I've got particular target accounts. Whereas you're like you're just living 
you know, and breathing social and you've integrated it into your, to your habits. And so it's naturally following you with your career. Um, But, but I imagine you don't strategically think, right, I need to build up my audience with CTOs or CIOs or is there any kind of proactive, okay, here's where I need to build my audience or do you just naturally let it happen and just, you know, keep on posting on your topics? I largely let it. I, I naturally let it happen. Or, for example, obviously, in the last few few months, cu- couple of months, it hasn't happened. But of course, if you engage, if you go to um, uh, meetings or, or events, then you will meet new people. And again, it's an organic, organic growth. I think what you described, Tim, I probably would do it if I was working, for example, in sales, and I was, um, you know, and I you would need to work on relationship on on building the audience i think that would look uh, slightly different therefore you know conclusion here is that probably your strategy to build network also depends on which function you represent within a company and what is the job you're trying to do um, I, I don't have to do it um, and as i said it grows uh, naturally through the relationship business or semi-business yeah. that Makes are just happening. Sense. Yeah. But you know what, though, Tim? This is why I reckon it's the long game, right? Because this is where relationships refer you to other relationships. So, And this is why the whole, like, right, I need to get to them. That's what I'm going to do. So some sales would do that. But I think when they then move into a different department and they're suddenly selling something completely different, it all looks a bit awkward. And I think this is where you have to look at your network and and what your story is. And then you it naturally builds and it naturally. Mm. And there's a lot of people out there watching what you're doing, but they might not be engaging. They might not be commenting, but don't, you know. Uh, it's it's brilliant because sometimes I get comments that from people I've not heard from for years. So someone who attended our session yesterday, Tim, uh, at the B2B Ignite conference, who I used to work for at Hitachi. I don't think I've spoken to him for about 15 years. And he sent me a message yesterday and he said, oh, I saw your session. I oh, mean, it's cool. just, it is so wonderful, the power mm. of social networks and how it can put you. It's just having that leap of faith, isn't it? Knowing that just keep going because there's a lot of people out there still watching, even though they're not engaging and I don't yeah. see them. But then suddenly one day you'll get an introduction or a referral or a, you yeah. know, it's just brilliant. It's so exciting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I, I know we were running uh, out of time. I think it also... Yeah. We're infinite no... on LinkedIn Live. We could be. We could go for days. Oh, um, let's stay. I'll just order a pizza. If the audience is here, why don't we just talk and talk and, <laughs> and answer questions? Um, I think it's... Um, and maybe that's reassuring for people who are listening... I don't think it's one size fits, you know, all. I think everybody can find their own way, their own way, you know, what fits them, depending on what they do in the life and where they are, et cetera, et cetera. So I think we have to be careful, people who are listening up there, that, you know, Edita's approach doesn't have to be your approach. Yeah. You take what you think will work for you and you tailor uh, and you make it your your, your own. And I think that's also the beauty with this with this approach that you can make it pretty much your own and that's the beauty of this series because we get to talk to different people in different roles with different responsibilities Mm -hmm. and you get to hopefully find the little quirks and tweaks out of all of them so what i love about what you've said adita is 
is the fact that you haven't been asked to do this is just naturally something that you built into your routine and yes you've got something that works for you it's consistent you're looking at quality over quantity I think you've worked out your rhythm and 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 you're getting those engagements from the people that really matter to you so uh, I, I love that I love the combination of business and personal and actually being able to speak on business impact rather than the technical aspects of what SAP do uh, make you really relatable to to your audience. So, um, so you got that plus market. It sounds like you got your Venn diagram of topics like sorted, like, uh, you you know, and, and, and I think every one of the people that we've interviewed on the here um, has a strategy. They have a focus Mm -hmm. strategy, which works for them. I think that's been the one consistent part to everybody. So um, thank thank you very much for coming on on our interview series my yeah. my pleasure thank you adita i could chat with you for hours maybe Aww. i should i should call you out now. thank you so much for anyone listening uh, please visit onlytic and tribal impacts website our resources section if you want to see any more interviews uh, yeah. and we will uh, repost this and interact with all the comments so uh, thank you so much adita cheers thank and, you uh, and thank yeah. you to our audience as well yeah thanks thank for you the to questions. everyone Thank you. See you soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye.